welcome everyone to episode 498 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Corey. Today's topic is going to be Metroid Dread. So, of course, that came out a little over a week ago. New, new from Nintendo and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Samus's first new journey in quite a while. Uh, so I've been playing that this past week. It's been good. And outside of that, I've got a couple other things to talk about. Oh, we, there's a big Nintendo Direct about... Uh, about Animal Crossing, we will get to that during uh, during the nibble bits. They announced the price for the new Nintendo subscription service that includes Nintendo 64 and Sega games. We'll talk about that. Corey, I'm interested anything? to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to use for later on, Corey? No, I, I there were a couple games uh, I hoped to have had played this weekend that I just didn't get around to, but I, I still want to talk about them a little bit. But one's Back for Blood. Um, that is out on Game Pass, and then Dungeon Encounters. Have you heard of that? Square Enix uh, no, Switch PC PS4, I think. Um, I purchased that, but didn't get a chance to play it yet. But um, no, not nothing super new to talk about. Very nice. All right. So Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread uh, kind of returns to Metroid's roots. Uh, the last kind of big Metroid games were all in the Metroid Prime style. Um, I should say, full disclaimer here, uh, this is kind of my first Metroid game that I've actually sat down and played more than, say, an hour of. Uh, it's really one of those weird just series that I just didn't experience at all, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know Will's played the Metroid Dre- uh, Metroid Prime games and really liked those, um, and I always wanted to play them. I'm probably going to get the... I'm hoping for a Metroid Prime trilogy release on the Switch, but mm-hmm. you can get the Metroid Prime trilogy on Wii U for about twenty bucks. So if it doesn't come to that, I will get it for the Wii U. But I'd much rather play stuff on the Switch. Our Wii U is not always hooked up. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's my first experience, so I don't know anything about the story. Apparently, it's a direct sequel to one of the other Metroid games. No idea which one. Uh, I read it somewhere. It it wasn't like Super Metroid or anything like that. It was a different Metroid. I don't know if it was maybe one of the Metroid Prime games. Or it could have been a, a handheld Metroid game. No idea. I have no idea what's going on in the story. Uh, I just know that Samus kind of lands on a planet, and uh, she's go- going after a bounty of some sort. Again, I'm totally blanking on, on the story. Um, but it's it's their return to the side-scrolling Metroidvania game that you know that fans fell in love with. Uh, the Back to the 2D platforming style of metroid game so i you know, again i didn't really know what to expect I, I do like the metroidvania style game uh I, i'm not as big of a fan of hollow knight as will is but i do really like hollow knight um so i was actually wondering will did ultimately text me and tell me he is gonna play metroid dread he just hasn't had time lately but i think he's borrowing it from a friend or borrowed it from a friend to play soon so so it's a side scroller, you know, run, jump. Uh, the game sort of gates off. It's it's all like combined into one world, uh, but it gates off different spots with the different abilities you get. So uh, you you know you eventually charge up your laser that'll op- be able to open up doors to a new area, or uh, you I think you get the ability to like morph into a ball that'll open up other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But so far, um, I should say I'm really, really enjoying Metroid Dread. 
it it's making me want to go back and play like the original on Super Nintendo, which I believe is on the Nintendo Switch or uh, I'm sorry, Super Nintendo subscription thing on the Switch. Uh, but I also have my SNES Classic, so I can play it that way. But um, it controls incredibly tight, which is always important when you're playing. A, it's a fairly difficult like side-scrolling platformer, so uh, tight controls are always important to that. It did take me maybe an hour or two to get used to the controls um, because it's more than just running and jumping. There's a button to stop and aim your uh, aim your your gun and your missile shooter. Uh, I had to like mess, mus- learn all the muscle memory for all that kind of kind of on the fly, having again never really played. A- um, it does kind of have some scary moments, but I think uh, one one of the complaints from other people that have played more of the series is they wanted it to be scarier. Okay. Uh, I again, I have no no basis for comparison there. Um, do you have any? Questions you want to chime in with, Corey? Well, yeah. So while you were talking, I was curious about the timeline because, like you, Metroid is one of those series that kind of passed me by. I played, like, Metroid... uh, Jeez, what was the one? Prime, I think, on GameCube. Like, that was maybe the only Metroid game that I gave more than, you know, gave more than one or two tries of playing. Um, I've played a lot of Metroidvania-type games and have always been interested in the genre for that reason. But it's funny that, you you know, I've played all the, like... Um, shoot, what are I can't, they're not coming to me now, but what are some more recent Metroidvanias that have been really popular? Um, I played that, that, uh, Rogue Legacy. <laughs> yeah, Rogue Legacy is one. Um, I was just playing one. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, my point was, I was looking up the timeline while you were talking just because I was curious and I didn't realize that all of the games are connected. And Metroid Dread is at the end of the timeline, Metroid hmm. Fusion is its predecessor and that was a game boy advance game from 2002 okay um that is the one i remember reading that somewhere yeah so this article i'm looking at is on nintendo life it's the four games you need to play before you play metroid dread if you want to familiarize yourself with the story and that was one of them um but one thing i i did read a couple reviews dan um and the one i read on kotaku and maybe you're not the person to ask just because you don't have a familiarity with the series but um, the, the, the main comment there was that it's very technically sound, like it's a fantastic game technically, but it's missing some of the magic and atmosphere that normally makes Metroid games so great. Do you have any commentary on that? Or do you think just because you're not as familiar with the series? Yeah, I'm not prob- qualified to comment. Yeah, I'm prob- probably not. I mean, I really like the atmosphere. Uh, like I said, it is a bit a little spooky. Um, and one of the one of the sort of i don't know i don't think it's a protagonist but there's these uh there's these robots that you have to fight in various places of the game and you can't just like straight up fight them a lot of times you just have to run until you're get this like power up after a boss and then you can finally defeat uh near invincible robots so you you have to either run away or hide uh so it makes you have to blitz through these certain areas um, and actually, I really like that part of the game. You're not just going through and super powerfully blasting everything in your path. You know, you yep. have this this enemy that's that's actively hunting you uh, when you're in these certain parts of the game. And I actually really do like that. And it kind of it draws me in. I think mm-hmm. um, a little more than if it was just like just roaming from one one area to another. 
Yeah, I was looking up some some Metroidvanias too just now while you were chatting, and like Hollow Knight is a more recent one. Yep. Dead Cells. I mean, these are all games that I played. Owl Boy is another one that I played. That one's not even that popular. Ori in the Blind Forest. I mean, oh all Ori, those games yeah, are there. Um, Bloodstained. I didn't play, but that's. I mean, that's another one. It's Steam World Dig Two. I mean, I, I've played so many of these types of games. I find it just funny that I haven't really played much metroid um just the the offshoots but i don't know in those games for me the the most compelling part of it are like discovering secrets and like taking your time to explore and feeling really smart and creative in the way that you uncover things do you do you feel like that's reflected in metroid dread like that feeling of of exploration being rewarded and and you know compelling you to just stay glued to the game yeah, definitely. Um, so there's lots of hidden areas where you can get in and, and get, you know, more power ups and stuff. Uh there's there's hidden areas that make you like bypass harder areas. Uh I, I've probably played maybe six to eight hours, which I believe uh eight hours is roughly like half the game. I think it's supposed to be about fifteen hours. Uh but I, I do find that that yeah, sticking around and, and fully clearing out an area uh, is rewarding is the way to go yeah i mean it, the power-ups are great uh i had a lot of trouble with this one boss fight uh that i probably wouldn't have been able to do if i hadn't spent some time looking for like the health power-ups so i could i could fully power up you know yeah what's character customization like is it is is my playthrough gonna look very different from yours just by virtue of who i No, it's pretty linear yeah yeah def- definitely linear um yeah, because the areas you unlock are unlocked by your 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 power ups. So okay, um, you you know you start with just the standard like blaster, and then you get the charge. Tra- I think it's called charge beam. So the, you use the charge beam to open up certain doors to get mm-hmm. you into parts. Uh, and then there's invisibility, which invisibility uh gets you to open up another another type of door, uh that closes when it senses movement. So you turn the invisibility on so you can get through those doors. Um, but that again, that's how they kind of like you on the on the path that you're supposed to go on, right? You know? um, and then there's there's some secrets off of there. But yeah, I don't think I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's like a new game plus mode after after you ultimately beat it. Um, I, I'll find out because I'm definitely gonna play it till I beat it. I, I do much. Uh, one thing you mentioned, Corey, all those Metroidvania games that you talked about. Um, you know, since we're the consumers, uh, consumer reports of video games, uh, all about probably at most half the price of this game. Yeah, good point. I, I would say the price tag, if the game is ultimately 15-ish hours and, and there's really no reason to go back and play it again, maybe a little bit on the the price tag might be a little bit on the high side. Uh, I Not for me, because I'm really enjoying the game, but if this is not your type of game, uh, you know, maybe wait for the very rare sale that you get on it. Well, and I can't, it's like a lot of, I can't imagine, and I'm saying this as someone who hasn't played it, but I can't imagine Metroid Dread like offers a more complete package than any of those other Metroidvanias. I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, one of Will's favorite games of all time is Hollow Knight. Yeah. Is Hollow Knight $30? If that, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if it was... You could definitely get it on a sale at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you probably he probably could get it get it for fifteen if you looked in the right spots. 
It's 15. Um, it's 15 at GameStop right now. Crazy. On, on Switch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say... Again, it's it's a very... To me, it's a very highly polished package. Uh, there's good cutscenes. Um, but that might not mean anything to people. Right, I, I could see the I could see the argument against this game needing to cost sixty dollars. That's interesting, and and it's it's like it's almost like it's not even fair to Nintendo because I think I think these other developers that are making those Metroidvanias are putting just as much energy um, into these games. You know, there's just as so much going into them, but they price them a little bit more competitively in order to get eyes on them you know get people playing them because they're not coming from a, from a nintendo yeah you know a triple a AAA hitter like this so um you know maybe maybe the, it's more yeah it's more that those other developers devalued a game like this than than nintendo overpricing it sure um, yeah that i could definitely see that being and again i don't know if there's anything different that they're adding after you beat the game if there's a new game plus mode or one of the popular things in the metroidvania space is like a randomizer i don't know if there's something like that there could very well be yeah some of the i see some of those mods like the um like the zelda randomizers and yeah. stuff like that that people are playing with with emulators and stuff like that that stuff's really cool it is very cool i agree i wouldn't be surprised i almost texted you sorry that this you saying that just made this pop into my head i almost texted you guys yesterday but i feel like i i pretty chatty in my group messages lately so i try to hold back a little <laughs> bit but um i was thinking i'm i'm pretty sure mario maker 3 will be mario maker 3d and they'll do like nintendo 64 type world oh interesting uh, that's that's my prediction yeah like uh they could do mario 64 uh mario sunshine yep all those Ga- tools galaxy maybe although yeah. Gal- it probably it would probably be it would probably be mario 64 sunshine and um mario odyssey yeah yeah galaxy's a little bit different um but just to bring it back to Metroid Dread, I have a, a few more questions. One person I still follow on Twitter from the old days when I was like following everybody who I thought had an interesting opinion on games. Um, one person I still follow is, uh, is David Jaffe, who Twisted Metal of Twisted Metal fame. I think that was um, I forget his studio, but I think that was one of the games that they made. But anyway, he tweeted out that he was underwhelmed so far with what he played of Metroid Dread, and he asked if it got better. And the comments were like, oh, yeah, way better. So do you know, is there like, does the game mislead you a little bit at first? And then, you know, you're playing one, what you think is the game, and then it opens up into something bigger. Or there's like a big change or something like that, that really changes the dynamic of the game. Or am I just kind of reading too much into those tweets? Yeah, I mean, that could very well be. I'm not sure. I Like okay. I said, I'm, I'm probably a hair under halfway. Uh, through the game, if I had to guess, it might it might be longer. I might be moving a little slower than than your average, you know, Metroidvania player, having needed to familiarize myself with the controls a little bit. But yeah, that could that could very well be. Yeah, it's just the way people were responding to him made me feel like you know it was one of those games that uh, almost like a like a Frog Fractions. I don't know if you remember that game from way back when, where it starts oh. off that you just like playing a math game, um, like a frog in a pond, but then it like you like glitch out the game like glitches out on purpose and then it opens up into this whole new world and different type of game and it's just crazy um and i was wondering if it was just something cool like that but um i guess we'll wait and see and and get your opinion on that um another question i had is there any part of you that wishes the game was available on superior hardware just for improved visuals or 
needing more power in, in any way. I don't think that's necessary. Um, no. Apparently, it looks really nice on the new OLED Switch. Um, oh, okay. I have not played it in handheld mode, so I can't comment on how it's how it plays handheld. But it, it like I, we have a a decent 4K TV, and it looks it looks really nice. That um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see how they could improve it that much. It, it looks really good. It's the frame rate is solid, uh, 60 frames per second. So you know that's kind of kind of all you ask for when you're playing that type of game. I haven't noticed any like frame rate issues, slowdowns, or anything like that, and I'm very sensitive to that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it seems um it seems like opinions are pretty spread on this game. I think I think it's a I think most people say it's a good game. I I'm, I don't think there's very much criticism about it, but um I've seen people say you know it's like a seven and eight solid seven eight. But then I've also seen people say like no, it's like the best game of the year um so uh, yeah it's it's i'm interested uh just because i do enjoy the metroidvanias and you you're seeming to enjoy it and most people are seeming to enjoy it um that price tag though does kind of give me pause and and maybe it's not fair that that's the case but um i don't know it's just tough it's tough when you're you're making a game from you know inspired by an older era because people just have opinions on it you know the the marketplace uh has a lower price tag on those types of games so when these big developers put them out people you know are a little bit hesitant it's it's weird okay Nintendo, I've, I've been noticing nintendo's kind of doing this weird thing so um you know for the longest games all their games were you know the the side scrolling 2d and then their their big properties moved into 3d whoops hit my microphone uh and now they're kind of moving back into uh, the 2d stuff a little bit we had the the link's awakening remake but I feel like Nintendo is one of the few companies that can do that because they've been around for so long and these properties have been around for so long. It's, yeah. it, it's kind of a weird, I, I've just noticed that the new Kirby, uh, the new Kirby game, Kirby has been uh 2d for the most part. I think the Nintendo 64 Kirby was 3d. Uh, the new Kirby that's supposed to come out next year is all going back to 3d, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, I was excited about. I'm like, you know, that's something different. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of the same way I felt about Metroid Dread going from the Prime games, which were 3D, to, back to 2D, you know. But, but but again, I think Nintendo's one of the few companies that can get away with doing that, you know. Sure. Yeah, I think, and I mean, Nintendo has always been really good about polish, but when you make a 2D game, it's probably even easier to, to have a well-polished material just because you're not dealing with another a whole other dimension in your game you know it's less likely to have issues so yep it's a good fit for nintendo yeah so anyway uh i mean ultimately i would probably i would recommend the game uh if you're concerned about the price tag maybe wait for a sale but um i i think it's a good game if i had to score it about halfway through it would probably be like an eight or eight and a half um again this is not a comprehensive score it's just how much do i like it one to ten you know yeah um right. it would probably be an eight or an eight point five but if i had to had to put a score on it now uh, i am interested to see if things ultimately like change now now that you talked about that court but yeah i'm gonna continue to play it cool i uh I've been kind of wondering what are we going to get any like really good games this year? 
You know, it's funny because at your bachelor party, uh, I think it was Matt asked me what my favorite game of the year was. I was like, I had to think about it. And I'm like, I don't know. First of all, I don't know if I played anything new. Uh, There hadn't been a ton of games that I felt like I needed to buy. And second of all, like most of the games I played have been like older games that I'm trying to beat if I hadn't played through them. But I I couldn't come up with one. No. Um, Well, let me read. Let me read the the top 10 games um, on our favorite game review website, opencritic.com. The the, the 2021 Hall of Fame they have on their homepage and it's the top rated games. Um, Busta Fellows, which is a game I've heard of, but I'm not even familiar with, is is the top rated one. Idea. Psychonauts Two, which I enjoyed, okay. but I wouldn't categorize as you know great in any way, shape, or form. It Takes Two is a game I keep hearing about, and I'm kind of curious to play that. Um, I'd like to get my wife to play with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I know Will really liked that, but a game like that doesn't really call to me in any way. Like sure. I'd probably try it if it was in front of me and I might enjoy it, but I can't see myself. Same with Psychonauts. I can't see myself giving it more than a handful of hours. Um, Monster Hunter Rise, 88. Metroid Dread also at 88. Overboard, 88. Death's Door, 88. Tales of Arise, 88. And Deathloop, 88. Deathloop is the one that I really want to try, actually. Yeah, that, that might be the one to me that, you know, if I were picking what game might be considered the best game of the year, that might be the one I would point to. But I haven't played that. I'm just basing that on... Yeah, stuff what I hear other people's yeah say. I haven't it. heard anyone say anything negative about that game. Everyone that's played it has loved it that I've seen. So yeah, well, and to be fair, on this list, there, I mean, tenth place is Deathloop at an eighty-eight, and first place is Busta Fellows at eighty-nine. Yeah, so there's something I separating I'd ne- them. Yes, I've never heard of that game, so I, I don't yeah. even know what that that's about. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. So okay. I don't know, but even that, those like, there's no, there's no heavy hitters either. You know, we're not. I mean, there's Psychonauts too, but other than that, these are all new Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I mean, and I'm trying to think of what's coming out later this year. I know Halo Infinite is coming out in December. Um, Is there any huge games that are coming out? I I know development has been very disrupted by COVID, uh, but I don't know if there's anything huge other than the, the standard you know your your Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty's coming out. Um, Skyrim anniversary. <laughs> yeah, Skyrim probably came out on something else. Um, yeah, I don't know that there's there's any. I mean, I guess we could take a look at what's coming out for the rest of the year, right? I've been trying like every now and again. I I keep looking ahead and I'm like, geez, there's really nothing I'm excited about. Um, Starfield is maybe the game I'm most anticipating that's coming out relatively soon, but that's not till next year, right? Probably. I mean, most of the stuff that was like supposed to come out this year got pushed into early next year. Yeah. I can imagine some of that stuff's going to get pushed back even later. And we were still supposed to have our cyberpunk patch that never materialized. When's that? I, I don't know. Next gen patch. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about that. So Age of Empires 4. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's one I'm, I'm really excited for. Uh, but that's not not huge, right? No. I mean, that's, no, that's more right. specific to us. Call of Duty, Forza Horizon 5. My son's really looking forward to Jurassic World Evolution 2. Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim Anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Shin Megami Tensei Five. That's not a huge one. That's kind of specific taste. Oh, Pokemon, Pokemon games, Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. Oh, new like main series entries. No, those are they're remakes of the the uh, Game Boy ones. Oh, gotcha. Diamond and Pearl. Okay. I know Will's excited for the December. I mean, there's not, yeah, not anything. He, Halo Infinite, December eighth, seems last like specific release date for something. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. We've had. I mean, last year was a really good year, right? Was it last year? Uh, Two years ago. Yeah, I don't remember. Last year is a black hole. The forgotten Just, year. The sunken year. Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time playing Animal Crossing last year, so. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time. Was, was last year when I played like Cross Code? That's a game I never talked about on this show. I don't think. Um. So yeah, uh, let's move into nibble bits. So, uh, everything announced mm-hmm. in the October 2021 Animal Crossing Direct. Corey, you're going to be excited for these. Let's do it. <laughs> so it's a free update. It's coming on November 5th, 2021. They are adding the Roost, which is a coffee shop that's going to be added into the museum. PCs will come visit during their downtime. Uh, so often, oh, I'm going to from Nadine Dorneden, imore.com. Credit. Players can also call characters like NPC, amiibo cards, and figures and invite them to the cafe where they may even bring a friend. Uh, there's Captain Boat Tours. You spend a thousand nook miles to go to Captain's exclusive mysterious islands. Uh, some will have different seasons. Some will have new vegetation. Some will have things that you haven't seen. New time of day. Harv's Island Plaza. Group stretching. Set up group oh. stretching for your islanders in the town plaza. Very nice. Uh, you can enact ordinances like uh, having a beautiful island, which needs appear less frequently. Uh, early bird, which makes so shops are open earlier and close earlier. Night owl, which makes shops are open and close later. Uh, and then bell boom, which make, increases the prices. Inflation. You can bring inflation to your I was going to say, how, island. Co- how cool would it be if they like like focused on these updates in a way that like totally messed with the game. Like if you introduced, you, you said the ordinances, if you introduce like an ordinance, then it has like all these unpredictable effects everywhere else on the Island. Like that, how fun would that, be? that would be very cool that you uh, have to then clean up. <laughs> I, yeah. I wish it was that cool. It doesn't seem like that's the, game. no, I don't think it is, but um, upgraded home services. So you can, uh, a lot more options for, for upgrading your home, more storage. You can have more bridges and inclines for more, design um new nook mile rewards uh they're adding cooking uh there's also gardens there wasn't cooking before no cooking is new wow i don't know what effect the food has oh oh eating food gives you energy to smash rocks into fire tree that's the same as like if you ate an orange um new creative freedoms so you can hang things from the ceiling like Light, light fiction uh, shelves and stuff. There's new, new, like all sorts of new, new fencing types and outdoor, outdoor stuff. 
There's a new camera app that is more functional than the one before. Uh, more options for custom designs, new hairstyles, and reactions. There is a new Nook Phone app called Island Life 101. Gives you tips on how to make the most. Island Life. Newcomers to the game will be able to ease into island living without any. Apple. Nook Miles items. <laughs> KK Slider has a bunch of new songs. Uh. <laughs> Gyroids, which are collectible figures in the game. You can permanently place ladders. They're making it easier to navigate tighter spaces, more villager interactions. Uh, new villagers. And there is a new DLC called Happy Home Paradise that's coming if you buy the upgraded Nintendo Switch Online package with the Nintendo 64 and Sega games. It comes with this. Um, I'm not going to read the whole article. But basically, it gives you a whole new like island to customize. Not it, it's a it's supposed to be like a vacation resort, uh, and you have to customize the different islands on the archipelago for different visitors. More um, work. More work. That's exactly. <laughs> I think when it says when you go to the airport to go to the island, it says head to work. Um, <laughs> so, I I knew you'd be excited about all this, Corey. So um, I, I'm interested in trying some of this stuff out. Um, we talked a lot about Animal Crossing, but for me, like I enjoyed the uh, the the customization aspect of of all that stuff. I don't really enjoy doing that. It's probably not not going to change change things for you. Telling you, man, there's something about this game. It's what if it's the end of human evolution? Like Animal Crossing is the final, the final, the final ascension where you know the alien overlords are going to come down and they're going to say, "Okay, anybody that has their Animal Crossing village set up can now ascend into their island. Anybody that doesn't, sorry, <laughs> that would be pull the plug. <laughs> that would be weird. I just feel like there's something like that going on with this game. I don't. I don't know. It creeps me out. It's definitely, yeah, There's def it's definitely strange. It almost has like a dark side. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, there's something about it that I just, I don't know. Gives, gives me the heebie-jeebies. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Nintendo Switch Online thing, it's coming October 25th. So, to go back, uh, again, the Animal Crossing DLC paid dlc is is part of this so uh what it is it's adding nintendo 64 games and sega games for a an increased price so uh that price is going to be 50 dollars for a year for an individual membership 80 dollars a year for a family membership it gives you up to eight accounts on your nintendo switch up what is it now it is 20 for an individual and 35 for a family family so you're talking double almost a little more than double i don't know i mean i, I people seem to be kind of up in arms about it but it doesn't seem too outlandish to me no i i, I i'm okay with the price um i think it, obviously if you don't want to play I, i'm right. pretty sure you could yeah. stay with the old one so if you don't want to play um Nintendo 64 games or sega games 
not get it. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I we have four switches in our household. Um, my twins are into video games now, so they may end up getting switches for Christmas. Uh, so you know, we'll have six Nintendo switches in our house. So paying eighty dollars for all of them to have online games and also the old the the slew of old games is fine for me. I don't mind paying that. To me, it's like it's just like I mean, I know it's not the equivalent of game pass but it is kind of like baking in like a game pass type subscription into the thing so I, and, and it nintendo online was already the cheapest online option out there yeah um granted they don't offer as much so i, I think there's a value argument to be made there but still i mean to go from 20 dollars a year with all the games that they had to only up it to 50 dollars a year i don't it, yeah it doesn't seem unreasonable to me and you're right you can keep the old one you don't even you don't need to upgrade to the tier that allows you to play the legacy yeah. games yeah yeah i i mean i'm obviously interested in the nintendo 64 i keep clamoring for a nintendo 64 classic i don't know if we'll get that now um but yeah i mean the, there's games on there that i i want to play uh um and again i have a lot of these on my wii u but my wii u is never hooked up and it doesn't play well like handheld uh, but I want to revisit Ocarina of Time. Uh, there's a few games coming down the pike that I really want to play. I want to play. I want to go back and play the Nintendo 64 Kirby game. Was it called Kirby 64? I don't know. But it was it was the the previous 3D one. Uh, whereas all the others, I think all the others have been 2D. So yeah. Yeah, I have very little interest in. I, I mean, I'm one of those people that probably wouldn't pay for the tier. Um... I like as much as I like to like if I have a few minutes just pick up and play an old game that doesn't demand too much of my attention or you know quick to pick up um those old games there's not a long tutorial or anything like that I got to go through so I do like it for that reason but not enough to probably subscribe to this um but I'm glad it's there for the people that do like to play those games well since you're on my family plan now you will be subscribed to it for for a time until December Maybe I don't know. We we haven't decided if that's the route we're gonna. But um, I mean, we'll eventually have seven switches once my youngest play. Do does anybody in your family listen to the show? My wife does. Okay, I didn't know that's if any it. The kids did. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, uh, Max might. He doesn't now, but he probably would. Um getting there soon yeah. soon he'll be on here right probably yeah all right he, he plays a lot of video games so he's been playing uh jurassic world evolution which is the park building sim jurassic right. park sim um like i said he's been excited for he's excited for the new one that's coming out in i think november that's that's what he's playing but uh, the, then the standards the kids play minecraft Fortnite, Smash Brothers, you know, yep. stand, the standard slew of that age uh, games. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's everything. Did you have any news stories you want to talk about, Corey? Uh, I just called up quickly. Apparently, Metroid Dread is the highest grossing UK game launch in history. Really? Crazy, yeah. Wow. Never would have guessed that. I mean, Nintendo's um, probably going to sell... 25 30 million copies of this game that's crazy so what a good business to be in if you 
if you're as established as Nintendo. Yeah. Um, Squid Game, there's a rumor Squid Game themed game is in, in development. Um, there's a rumor GTA, the trilogy, definitive edition, PC, system requirements and upgrade details leaked. It doesn't look like there's much else. Um, apparently, Final Fantasy XIV has 24 million players now, and it is the most profitable game in the Final Fantasy series. Wow, um, 24 million! Crazy. Yeah, I, I, this game, I keep seeing it, like people love this game, and I've tried it in the past and liked it, but never, never got hooked on it. But I'm like, I play all the other Final Fantasy games. I should give this another shot and like really commit to it because i think it's it's if you want to play as a single player i think it's friendly in that regard um that you don't need to group up for everything yeah which is important to me because i mostly play these type of games solo so yep yep maybe i'll give it a whirl it's i on, don't know it's on consoles too right is it on the i know it's on playstation is it on xbox good question i don't know i, I played it for a little while when i had my On console. Final Fantasy 14 for Final Fantasy 14 for Xbox discussions with Microsoft are positive. Oh. Okay, so it's not yet. He hopes he can provide an update to players soon. Interesting. So not available yet, but apparently apparently it's coming. So that's good because that's the best way for me to play it these days because I don't have a computer. Right. Or a PlayStation. Correct. Okay. Because I'm uncool. I'm an uncool <laughs> old guy now. I was no, I was I tempted this past week to look and see if I could find a new Xbox. But you know, I don't know that it would get all that much. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I know there's a the chip shortage and the supply chain issues and stuff like that. Um, but we've had. So we got married this summer for anybody that doesn't know. And um, you get a lot of like gifts through Zola. Um, you put your registry on there, and then people purchase it. And then when you're ready, you can have it shipped to your house. And we've we've like put all, so many of those orders in, and there's probably been like I'm not even over exaggerating six things that are just lost in shipping. That and they're big items. They're not you know they're several hundred dollar items because they're wedding gifts you know some of them are are that much so it's kind of kind of crappy what's going on right now like especially if you're talking like xbox and playstation like they're not manufactured in the united states so yeah there's there are probably a lot of them stuck on the ships off the coast of california right now yep i know it's like a very first world problem for me to have is like oh my my wedding shit isn't here yet like what's (laughs) going on um but there's also stuff like my uh, my work laptop is currently at the the laptop doctor, um, and they're waiting on a battery that they had to order from China, that they said they can't make any estimate on when they think it's going to arrive. Yeah. Um. So I don't and know. We're we're running into the same issue with with my computer business. Like the, there's graphics cards specifically. Yeah. You just can't, not even the crappy ones now. You can't get get the crappy ones anymore. Uh, and if, that, you, if you can, they're double the price. Does that mean my old graphics card and my desktop is still worth something? You could to probably, I sold my GTX 970, which is seven years old, for 150 bucks. Okay. 
Yeah, you, I'm sure you could sell it. What is that? Uh, um, fifty? I have no idea. I don't. I can't remember. It's probably twelve years old at this point, right? When, you could probably did, sell the processor. Um, when did Hurricane Sandy hit? Two thousand eleven. Twelve. Yeah, twelve maybe. That's um, when I got it. Yeah, you could probably sell your processor, your RAM. I I sold my RAM from my old my DDR three RAM from my old gaming desktop for like fifty bucks. Maybe I'll just hold on to it and it'll be like gold in, in a little yeah, bit. I probably I would say if you're planning on selling it, sell it now while okay. there's shortages. Um uh, I sold my i7 2600 from my old gaming computer for that was fifty ish dollars too. Uh and then I sold the motherboard from my old old gaming computer for twenty or twenty five. Why not? Yeah, yeah. My my issue with that is there. There's the logistics of that. There's a lot involved that I just don't have the patience yeah. or energy to. Like my wife's really good about that. About like putting stuff up on Facebook and communicating with people and delivering it. And, yeah. and I'm just like I don't want to deal with any of that. eBay. Yeah, but even that you got to package it up and ship it. And I'm like, yeah. what am I? I don't want to do that. Uh, I mean, Pat, see what. We get a ton of Amazon packages, so I just reuse all the packaging. Amazon, oh, that's a good idea. Um, yeah. uh, you know, if there's like sensitive computer parts, we, we still get like the the bubble wrap, and we get the the big phone uh, or plastic bubbles that you use to pack stuff. So I just mostly save that stuff, and then uh, and then it. Um, and then the for the shipping, it's it's easy it, in the Amazon app, like or not. I'm sorry, not Amazon app. You, in, ebay app uh you list the you know the weight the size of the package and you just buy postage from there uh i put it in my mailbox and my mailman takes it and you can buy postage right through ebay yeah oh well that makes it really easy it's very easy to go to a post office that that's nice no i mean i don't know if you're if your postman will pick up packages but ours does he's like yeah just leave them out by the mailbox take them uh, if it's something big, I schedule a pickup just so he knows to come pick it up. But you can do that. You can schedule a pickup with like UPS and FedEx, right? Yeah. Most of it's most of the stuff is at least I'll, pretty much everything. I, I think everything I've sold, I've sold through or shipped through the through the postal service. Um, but yeah, you can schedule pickups for UPS and FedEx too. I have to do that. I still have. Uh... Back when we ordered suits for my wedding, I still have oh. two that I didn't use that are just sitting in a box waiting to be shipped back to the company. Oh, really? Yeah. They never charged me for them, so I was like, well, then I'm taking my sweet, sweet time That's getting good. them back to you. Uh, but anyway, how's your week, Corey? Um, good. I don't have much to talk about. Well, that's not true. There's a lot of things I wanted to touch on, but nothing like super important. I want to talk about somehow season five of Rick and Morty passed me by. It just like happened and I didn't pick up on it, which is crazy because that's a show that I love. Um, so I started that and there's some pretty, pretty, pretty good episodes. They do. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with Rick and Morty, Dan. You, just you really a little bit. You really should watch. I know it I would I think, love it. I think you would love it. Yeah. Um, but the the one episode I was watching last night was about the decoy family. So like Rick is is a you know he's basically Doctor Who, um, and he ha he's wanted in a lot of sectors of the universe. Let's just put it that way. Um, but what they don't really talk too much about is that they have a decoy family, and it's kind of it kind of 
um, confuses the audience a little bit this episode because the decoy family keeps getting killed, but you never know which which family is the real family. So like the decoy family will get killed and then it'll be a hard cut to like the family again. And they're like, oh no, the decoy family just got killed. But then it'll happen to them too. They don't realize they're the they're another decoy family. Oh, but come to find out when Rick set up the decoy families, decoy families were never supposed to set up their own decoy families. So he's like, at the end of the episode, he's like, oh no, like this is a problem. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just such a fun and like wacky show that i just i love it but um yeah season five of rick and morty uh foundation i watched start with the foundation series on apple tv it's a actually a book series that i started reading i read the first three novels and then in the fourth one i just i have a really hard time stopping once i start reading a book but i just put it down because i did not enjoy it asimov um, right isaac asimov yep um the series on apple tv is pretty good it's Oh boy, they do a good job of showing like the grand scale of everything. Um, I don't love some of the creative decisions they made in terms of, you know, what they decided to keep from the books and what they decided to get rid of. I think they missed a lot of really good opportunities for what would play really well on screen. That, um, that's always my biggest problem with, with that sort of yeah taking something from a book and yeah and i know it's really hard and i'm not one of those people that thinks it needs to be like exactly you know yeah. i'm totally fine with artistic license it's just i would have made some different decisions um and that's you know i'm not i'm also not one of those people that think they did it wrong because they didn't do it the way i want it but um you know i, I think it could have been more appealing to me um if they did made a few different creative decisions but um overall i i enjoy it my wife really loved the first episode and wanted to watch more but she kind of lost interest now we're on like the third or fourth episode so um i don't know that's probably just an average show that i hope turns into something better but it is still science fiction and i watch basically every science fiction show that's on tv um so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick it out uh, hockey has also started. Um, yeah. I'm a Rangers fan, and it's been a little rough start to the season. They made some questionable decisions. I'm not the only one that was questioning, and you, you too, Dan, why they started Georgiev. Um, it just makes no sense to really anybody other than the person that made that decision, yeah. unless there's something we don't know. You know, maybe Shesterkin was hurt or something like that. But that was one of the decisions that was just like a head scratcher. You know, you want to, you want to give your team the best chance to win that first game of the season and set the tone and you start your backup goalie. I don't know. Yeah. Um, not that, not that bored. goaltending was the only issue in that game. They had a <laughs> lot of other issues, but um, I don't know. It was just really confusing. Uh, and then that second game, you know, they, they played a little bit better, but I don't know. I don't know. And in that first game against Washington was supposed to be the showdown, you know, the Tom Wilson showdown from the the mayhem that happened in the game last season where he ragdolled Artemi Panarin. Um, and there was very little of that, which I'm fine with because the Rangers were down to nothing. And the last thing I wanted to see was them just try to fight. Yeah. And, and take not, stupid penalties, which would, which is what happened. Sammy Blay took like six penalties or something like that. It's ridiculous. And he was one of the guys they picked up to be like a bruiser. Um, but turns out he's just good at drawing penalties or I'm sorry, getting penalties. Um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm a little nervous, honestly. I Not the way I anticipated things going, but we're only two games into the season. And they did pick up a point in the second game going into overtime. So we'll see. I, I'm probably just overly critical because I'm a fan. 
Um, but this is why I don't like, so sports fandom is one of those things that's irrational, right? Yeah. You be, you have to behave irrationally if you're a sports fan, that's just the way it works. Um, and that just like really messes with my head, you know, because I know I'm being irrational about stuff and I don't like to be that way, but, um, I guess that's, that's just what happens when you're a fan of a team. Yeah. Cause really there's, there's no stakes, right? No. Yeah. They, what's the worst, you know, the team loses and I can choose how I want, what I want to do with that information. You know, I can right. go about my day as if nothing <laughs> happened or I can beat my head against the wall and be depressed. Yeah. But the know. kind of, the kind of tribalism of the whole thing is what draws people in, you know, it's. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and the mean, games are fun to watch too, but I'm, I mean, being like a fan of a team. Yep. Yep. It's misery. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's more misery than it is. I don't know. That's not true. I guess if your team has a good run, like I'm kind of jealous of Eric and the, the bills right now. Yeah. Cause they're really good. And that's, I mean, that's his team. I would, if the Rangers went on a run like that, I would be so freaking happy and just like invested and yeah, enjoying it. But yeah, that was the, that was the predators failed cup run a few years ago. Yeah. It's, you get so invested and it's so fun and exciting. I mean, I think back to those Binghamton senators games when they were making their run at the cup and, and did win the cup. Um, that's just so much fun to be a part of that and like look back on it and think about it. And I don't know. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about is I downloaded that Jack pocket app. Are you familiar with that? Oh, it lets you play the lottery without having to go to a store to buy a lottery ticket. Oh, you know what I did? I recently saw an ad for that and that was the first time I had ever heard of that. Yeah, it was one of, I think it was an Instagram ad that I got. That's the first I had heard of it. And I was like, am I actually going to click on this ad? Because I'm curious about this. And I did. And uh, I downloaded it and I've been playing uh, Mega Millions and Powerball. Um, I've hit, I haven't hit more than one number on any of them yet. Okay. Oh, so, and I think I've, I've had it for like three weeks now and maybe spend, you have to um, start with 50 bucks, I think. So I put the 50 bucks on there. I think I've spent like uh, $12 so far or something like that. So not a ton of money I'm throwing at it, but yeah. yeah, I've always been one of those people that like your chances of winning are astronomically small, but somebody's got to win. Yeah. You know, wh- my chances are just as good as anybody else's. Well, your chances are better than mine because I, I haven't played the lottery, you know, done any lottery well, there you in, go. forever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you have to play to have a chance to win. Yep. You know, it's, and it's fun. You could uh, maybe there, there might be a science behind it. There's definitely a science about behind it. They say don't do quick picks. They say yeah. you should pick your own numbers, um, which I always do the quick pick just because I'm lazy and I just I'm in my own head about it. I'm like, I'm going to pick the wrong numbers. How am I going to pick the right ones? Yeah, but it really it's all chance. So it really doesn't matter what you pick. But uh, I don't know. It's fun. Nice. Anything else, Corey? No, it's been kind of a slow week, which has yeah. been nice. Yeah, um, latching on to your, your sports talk, obviously hockey started for the Predators, too. Uh, they have the dubious distinction of being forever the first franchise to lose expansion team. Um, um, they did not look good against the Kraken. I know it or said it was closer than it actually was. They, they did not play well. Um, so that's concerning, especially since the Giants are as bad as they are uh, and as injured as they are. Um, yeah, what the heck happened there? They lost Jones, Barkley. Yeah, Barkley. Like all their good players, right? Pretty much. Uh, Sterling Shepard's been out 
Blake Martinez has been out, who is their best defensive player. Um, uh, and then in the game on against the Cowboys, Daniel Jones got concussed. Uh, Barkley sprained his ankle. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who's you know their free agent signing receiver, uh, went out with a knee. Their best def- offensive lineman didn't play at all in the game, or very is, little. Is Tony going to get suspended for punching that guy in the helmet? I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, but he's a treat to watch. Let me. Tell yeah, you. he's fun to watch. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, so I'm excited about watching him. I, you know, it's probably pretty much a lot chalk up to a loss season. Uh, the the Giants will not get a wild card. I think Dallas is probably going to run away with the division. All the other teams add so. I'm also going to watch at this point to see uh, if Barkley comes back and how he does, and to watch Kadarius uh, Kadarius Tony's uh, exploits. Uh, yeah, I was joking with you guys in the group chat. He had like ten catches for almost 200 yards. And he got ejected for 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 punching somebody. So, you know, it was fun. Forty how hat trick? Exactly. <laughs> uh, that was fun to watch. So, yeah. Um, I the Predators play today. Hopefully, they play better. I, I don't have a lot of hope. But my, most people are picking the Predators to finish next to last in the. Um, looking, that's like that's probably accurate. That sucks because I have Soros as my like he was my first goalie pick well I told you I think he'll be I think he'll play fine he he um you know he's a good goalie it usually takes him a little while to get started uh he's usually better in the second half of the season than he is in the first half of the season uh so that's gonna determine a lot but I think what's gonna happen is they're just not gonna score yeah so they'll so, lose a lot of games one to nothing or two to one but he'll have, I mean, as long as he gets me the save percentage, as long as I can get one goalie category, I think I'll be in good shape. Yeah. Um, but, which he probably will. I mean, he is a, a great goalie, so. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, they just need to bide time till they get their Russian goalie to come over and, and play. How much longer till he's around? Uh, I'm not sure. It, it just depends. Um, I would guess, hopefully, I'm hoping next year he'll, he'll come over and start and back up, uh, uh, Saros. Oh. I had a nice moment watching hockey with my wife. Uh, I've been trying to get her into it more. Like we, I mean, we've been together 11 years, so yeah. it's been a long, a long road. I've been trying to get her to watch it more. And, um, I asked her like Rangers were tied two two against the stars. And I asked her to come sit and watch the third period with me. And it was perfect. She sat down right as the Rangers has gotten a power play with like two minutes left in the game, game tied. So I knew it'd be exciting. And of course they had all their star players out. So I was like quickly as they were passing the puck around, I was like, okay, that's Artemi Panarin. Putin doesn't like him. You know, he's, he's <laughs> had to, he had to hide out last year for a little while. Okay. That's Mika Zabinajad. He just signed a huge contract. That's Chris Kreider. He's the most tenured Ranger. And, you know, he's been around since I started like really watching the Rangers, you know, and it was just fun to quickly run through everybody. And by the end of that, like 30 seconds, she had a good, like, storyline for every player and and she found herself like immediately invested so it was sure. kind of fun for me but i don't know i love i love the sport in days like today the saturdays where it's just going to be a rainy day and i don't have anything on my schedule it's like i just cannot wait to put hockey on and chill is there any day games today there's a one o'clock game um coyotes and sabers oh okay 
and then Islanders Panthers play at six. So I'll have a little gap without hockey, but um, I've been watching the, um, the, on the, not on the fly uh, NHL tonight, the NHL network show that's on at four every day. That's really good. If you're just looking for, you know, a recap of everything going on and like, that's what I want is that like hockey summary show that you really have only gotten, I, I guess they've been doing it a while. I didn't know about it till recently, but um, you don't really get that in on sports TV these days. I, I mean, yeah, ESPN never wanted to talk about hockey until recently. Right. And, and now it's only because they're the full provider of hockey games. Yeah. Like I turned on Jim Rome was talking about hockey the other day. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is this? This yeah. is weird. We're we're we will no longer be a niche sport. I hope not. And I, I guess the, um, the ratings were up for the opening games year over year. So that's a good sign. Um, I did get the ESPN plus app. I actually signed up for the Disney yeah, package. That's that what we did. Hulu, Disney and ESPN. It just made sense. Because it's th- it's thirteen dollars a month, which is a steal, I think, for all of that. <clears throat> yeah, definitely worth it. I, I mean, I, we already have Hulu, and it's we have the commercial free version, but we use someone else's login for it. So, you know. yeah, um, that's the one downside of that Disney package is the Hulu is the ad supported version. Sure, unless you want to pay the five dollars extra or whatever. Yeah, but um. Oh, I got a new mouse for my computer. I'm slowly but surely working all the kinks out of my new new setup. It always takes a while, and I haven't been able to like really, really sit down and uh, concentrate my time into working out all the kinks. Any any free time I have, I try to try to play games uh, to have stuff to talk about. Uh, I did end up getting a new mouse. My mouse is like three or four years old. It, you know it's starting to like not register clicks and stuff, which is bad when you're playing something like Fortnite. up. So I got a new mouse. It's very, very pretty. It's a, a Logitech mouse, Logitech. So I'm going to be all Logitech actually, other than my microphone, I've got a Logitech keyboard mouse. And then I ordered a new headset too, because this one is causing driver issues and I wanted something that was a little more compatible uh, cause every time me and Corey go to start recording this podcast, uh, this it's a, like a $25 Amazon headset. It, uh, it's decent quality, but the, the, like I said, the drivers are the issue. And every time I go to use this computer, I have to restart it to, so, so the drivers work properly. Um, so I just, I got a lot Logitech one. Um, you know, the, the biggest easier. issue with those cheaper headsets comfort like the actual feeling of the headset over your ears like i can't i have such a hard time wearing any like over ear headset just because this one i spent like 300 dollars on a long time ago um and i just like how comfortable it is compared to every other like more affordable headset i've worn is it's just crazy yeah i haven't had any i only i i want to say because i usually buy the cheaper ones i i want to say i've only ever had one that was kind of uncomfortable it was only after i wore it for a couple hours um, oh, it's just the, it's just that sticky like cheap like plastic sweaty <laughs> sure. I don't yeah know. i mean i get that a little bit because this is like pleather Ugh, yeah um this is I, like felt or something you know it's that really fine right. vinyl or not vinyl but like silk almost yeah i think i think my my logitech one has um like cloth for this instead of pleather um yeah i mean like i said this one's okay it's just it's causing driver issues and it's pain 
it's hard enough getting the computer set up every every time because Windows is so bad with audio devices. Getting everything set up the right way. So I will eliminate one headache. Um, I have anything else to talk about for my... Um, so let's get into what we played. So uh, I'll go first. I bought the Master Chief Collection. It's on sale for $20. I want to get some Halo practice because Halo Infinite's coming out, and I know you talked about it, Corey, and I know uh, Shane had mentioned to me at your wedding that he wanted to get into Halo Infinite. I'm I'm gonna practice up before, because uh, man, is it different than than Fortnite? Um, for a lot of reasons, but uh, yeah. So I I I went into play a few matches. The first one was a uh, uh, SWAT. And I got lit up. I got, I think I got one kill and killed 12 times. You and Eric, you guys are crazy. Like SWAT is, I, I know Eric, Eric mentioned that it was the one he was always best at. And I remember that, but it's also like, I feel like it's the most competitive. It's the people who have the like twitchiest, you know, headshot accuracy. Like it's just, that's, you're just like throwing yourself into the snake it's, pit. That's definitely the case. But what, what the way it works, I, I don't know how it works on, on console, but you just check the boxes of the game types that you want to play. And I just had them all checked. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I eventually unchecked the SWAT one. Cause I think I got three SWAT matches in a row and I was not having any luck. Cause a lot of it was, I, I didn't remember any of the maps. Like it's, uh, it was for Halo reach. So it's been, 12 years since I played Halo Reach or however long it is a very long time, maybe even longer than that. Um, so I didn't remember any of the maps. I didn't remember any of the hiding spots. Uh, you know, obviously I had zero muscle memory. I didn't know what the controls were, uh, for Halo Reach. So, but as I started, as I played more, uh, I started like tweaking the game a little bit. So I, I, I mapped some of my, like the grenades and the melee button and my mouse mouse buttons, which here, that's something I'm used to from Fortnite. Uh, one of the things that made the biggest difference too is it was defaulted to blocked on 60 frames per second. Uh, and once I turned, I once I uncapped the frame rate so it could go as fast as it wanted, it made a huge difference. Um, okay. So even that you know, 60 frames to I don't know what it was running at. I didn't have the frame rate counter up, but it was probably in the hundreds. My laptop. I actually have my laptop connected to my my monitor now while I have it like you know, kind of permanently set up in one spot. So my, my monitor does up to 165 Hertz. Uh, so it could have been running at 165 Hertz, but it made, made a huge difference. Uh, and by the end I did a, like a, just a, a slayer, uh, and I was getting, you know, eight, nine, eight, nine kills, yeah. uh, per round, which, which is good for me. Cause again, I haven't played a halo first of all in 10, you know, eight, eight years or whatever. And then, um, certainly not well in a long time. Yeah, so, what's the Halo Five was the most recent Halo? Yeah, and I, I did not play Halo Five at all. I did play Halo Four a little bit, uh, but mostly just the campaign. I I played a little bit online, but nothing, nothing like I used to. Nothing like Halo Three and Halo yeah. Reach. So, yeah, just you gotta you, come on, Dan. You gotta get into those old old man game modes, the ones with vehicles <laughs> and the ones that are more forgiving. Sure. Um, but then like, uh, so I played a little bit at like, like last, last night, uh, like after supper. Um, then after my kids went to bed, I played a couple rounds of Fortnite. Of course, I think the second one I, I won. Nice. So I'm like, this is what I'm used to. 
Yeah. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna take some time to get used. To. Uh, I did Does, have fun. You, I did have fun. Do you worry at all that getting good at Halo will undo your Fortnite skills? I don't think so. I'm gonna keep keep playing it. Um, I don't. I haven't really played with my kids lately. They've been into other games. So, uh, but I'm gonna keep keep playing Fortnite just fresh. Um, but I, I, I think my kids are eventually going to get into Halo too, so that's also a reason why I want to, you know, get good as they say. Yeah, get good. So, um, that's what I played. Uh, I played a little bit new, um, a little bit more New World. Nothing really to talk about. I mostly spent my time uh, this week playing New World, uh, gathering, crafting. Do have anything exciting to talk about? For that um but yeah i still 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 enjoy but playing an mmorpg kind of makes me want to revisit uh guild wars 2 yeah so i might I download think about that, that a lot it's just uh i don't know something about that game was just so uh so nice you know yeah. good stuff um yeah. but anyway that's what i played what do you got Corey? Um, the usuals. I'm still playing through Astria Ascending, Mass Effect Legendary, still playing Rocket League, Hades. Um, I don't think I really played much Eastward this week. I do I do want to finish that though. I, I, I am enjoying that. I just um sitting down and playing the Switch just doesn't happen very often with me, which is doesn't really make sense because I just bought um Dungeon Encounters, which is uh Square Enix, I think it's Square Enix um RPG minimalist rpg minimalist probably isn't the best way to describe it i don't know much about it i just randomly read someone's review it showed up in my newsfeed and it said something like dungeon encounters is square enix best rpg in years or something like that or deepest huh. rpg in years or something like that and i was like well that sounds good so i clicked the article read it and i was like okay this sounds like a game i really need to play the whoever was reviewing it said that it was their favorite game of the year and i was like okay that's high praise this is the right genre you know square enix okay i'm going to give it a shot so i just downloaded it and didn't really play it for more than 2 minutes last night so i do want to play it but um apparently what it does is it reduces <clears throat> and it's kind of excuse me <clears throat> try not to cough i ran out of water <clears throat> <laughs> um it after talking about Astria Ascending and the way it kind of removes the like world exploration from the game just by being 2D, this game reduces all of the RPG just down to its like systems. So even the the world map that you walk on is just like a grid. It's almost like a crossword puzzle that you just walk on and there's little nodes that you stop on. Maybe like Final Fantasy Tactics, you know, that's how minimalist it is. But there's not even like a stylized map. It's literally just a grid. Um, but apparently its systems are really deep. So I don't know. I, I That's really all I know about the game at this point. I'm curious to play more of it, but um, it did pique my interest. Cool. Um, I also booted up Back for Blood. I was kind of excited to play it. I've heard good things. It's I think that's what it's called, right, on, on Xbox? Um, it's on Game Pass for free, so that was a good incentive for me to try it out. And one of my coworkers really enjoys it. Um, but I played it for like 10 minutes and I was like, nope, not for me. Not my kind of game. Okay. It kind of reminded me of like uh, um, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, that's like what it's Nazi supposed to be. Zombies or which I don't I just do not. Those games do not resonate with me. I that like frantic shooter, like run around, grab the item. You got to go over here, shoot this guy, shoot this guy. I don't have fun doing that. I don't know. I mean, if I was good at it, I might enjoy it a little bit more, but I'm just too slow and like yeah that frantic like running around 
games gameplay i don't know it just doesn't really resonate with me okay. so i immediately deleted it <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna enjoy this so i'm not gonna bother um but i guess that's my fault for not really knowing what the game was about if if i had watched a single gameplay trailer i probably would have gotten the impression <laughs> of what it was and not played it but i mean sure. that just goes to show how powerful game Pass is. You know, yeah a game that i heard was good and it was free and in front of me and i just downloaded it and tried it so yeah that's pretty much it um other than the usuals oh i did get my rocket league championship for season four diamond nice. tournament um yeah i hadn't I, I missed season three somehow i never i never got my tournament win in season three but season season two i actually got three diamond tournament wins um which you get a nice little player title um under your name that you can wear on your your player card which is makes people think you're good at the game nice um but yeah i don't know i'm still hanging in there in rocket league i mean still fighting yeah i'm not ready to hang up the skates yet yeah we're uh we're veterans trying to hang on and not tom brady veterans that are spelling yeah and my my analysis uh from a few weeks ago is still accurate i mean i do make a lot of mistakes and my teammates give me give me shit for it but i also you know make a lot of really good plays that other people don't make because they're too you know they're too technically good that they don't want to take the chance to do something that is stupid but could be really really effective like yeah. you know pinching i do a lot of pinching when i shouldn't but it pays off more often than not um so that's i don't know that's my game is just taking taking my chances but works out more often than not i find that approaching at least in the competitive scene approaching the game from a like slightly different perspective is enough to um you know secure a victory sometimes you know like yep. not approaching things the way other players approach most other players approach them is a good way to go yep and I've been playing, uh, hi kitty, I've been playing a lot of uh, drop shot too, which is really good to practice your aerials, you know, jump when the ball's way up there, those jump balls and everybody's flying up to hit them. Yeah. Um, but I've also found to your point, Dan, that just kind of like, because people are doing that at the level I'm at, just having one person on the ground at all times who isn't doing that yeah. is really helpful. You yeah. know, it's the person that can you can't you can't change your direction as easily as easily when you're in the air so just being on the ground and being able to change your direction if your other teammates are unable to it is helpful yeah. not that everybody but should be going after the ball at all times anyway but right. you're you're absolutely right like just taking a slightly different approach can can be really helpful yep okay uh anything else you want to talk about before we call it an episode no i think that's it okay yeah. uh next week probably be saturday again we don't know what what the plan is for next week's episode but we will have something uh we are obviously two episodes away two from 500 so uh we are going to try to get everyone on to talk about our our new new and revised uh top 10 lists um but we'll we'll see if we can yeah and then starting episode 501 dan we're gonna start doing the 500 episodes ago segment Oh, perfect. Okay. That's a good time to start that. Absolutely. Yeah. 500 yeah. episodes ago. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I know Will said he's he is going to have an easier November, so he should be on for some episodes. That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that'll do it for episode 498 of the Thumbs Up Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. 
I'm Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. One, two, three.